0: Thank Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to a special edition of the Baby Bowl podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I am one of your hosts, Wes Easley at Loafinit over on Twitter. Do not forget to follow the show, please, at FI Today with a little underscore over there on Twitter as well. We support a lot of different content that is out there on the fantasy, you know, Twitterverse that's out there. And also, please, a five star, like this show, review on the show, write all those things you can on whatever listening platform you like to listen to this show on. and. I have with me tonight the daddy of the baby bowl. Of course, I have with me Rob Norton at Norton zero seven two three over there on Twitter. How are you doing tonight, Rob?
1: I'm doing great. How are you doing, Wes?
0: I'm doing fine. I've always thought of like introducing you. You remember that show with with like Rob with Mary Tyler Moore? How she did it. I I can't do it. I can't quite get that Mary Tyler Moore voice. The Dick Van Dyke show. <laughs> you're way too young for that, aren't you, young man?
1: I am. I was gonna say you're 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 uh way past me on that one. So. Yeah, it's it's uh, it was before my time. I actually had a little. I'm whispering now because my wife is somewhere
0: in the house. I, Mary Tyler Moore was like my first crush. Okay, she was my
1: first crush. Oh, okay, okay. We'll keep it a secret.
0: Okay, I was trying to, at least I, we told tens of thousands of people who listen to the Fantasy Impact Today <laughs> Network. All right, hey, and tonight what we have with us, uh, we have with us a very special guest. He's been on the Fantasy Impact Today Network before, and I am very thankful to have him on here. It's Donkey Teeth from over there at Ras Ball, because we have the Ras Bowl coming up here very, very shortly. He is at Donkey Teeth 87 on Twitter. DT, welcome to the program.
2: Hey, thanks for having me on guys. I don't know if I'm really comfortable with, uh, doing this show, keeping the secret from Wes's wife about Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes.
0: I think we'll be fine. She, she, she doesn't like sports at all. She definitely hates fantasy sports because of course her husband likes it. So I mean, we just, we, we, we are completely incognito right now. So we'll be, we'll be absolutely fine. Hey, uh, DT, i got some questions to ask you about Razzball, because if people go over there to the Razzball site, they can see a plethora of things over there. And I was over there not long ago, and and your site was actually one of the first – I say your site, the the site that you work with – was actually one of the first sites I ever, I think, frequented whenever I was a young fantasy enthusiast, which wasn't that long ago for me. And and I loved how you guys kept it lighthearted over there. How, you know, from your handles to your cartoonish kind of characters and, and to your articles as well. You guys seem to have a lot of fun over there at
2: Oh uh, Yeah, I appreciate that. That's uh, I mean, if we're not having fun, what are we doing, right, Wes? Um, but, uh, yeah, Gray, he started Ball and he has a background in comedy, comedy writing. And so they, he kind of set the tone for the whole site, and his college friend, Rudy... Uh, handles all of the the tools. He's kind of the the data mastermind of the site, and so you know they went to college and they've got very similar senses of humor, and it's just kind of attracted uh, a lot of like-minded people, and uh, you know they're they're also very smart, and um, you know there's a lot of people, a lot of people out there in I like to call it the echo chamber saying a lot of the same stuff. Somebody says something and then all of a sudden everybody's repeating it and suddenly everybody's drafting all the same people. And and I think that that Razzball just naturally with uh, the the mindset that we have cuts kind of against the grain. And so there's uh, quite a few hot takes and our our rankings typically aren't what you see when you go to you know dive into like a consensus ranking, which I enjoy. I like I like being different, and I like go you know, you know putting something out there that that I think is a little bit more free thinking.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it is definitely free thinking, and one of the reasons why I brought you out here is because you have posted your wide receiver rankings recently, and Rob Norton has also done the same thing for him as as well posted both of your wide receiver rankings. I've taken the top 20 of what, what you both have put out there. And, and yes, DT, we're going to get to this a little bit later on in the show, but you definitely are a little bit different in some of your rankings. I, I don't, I don't want to say it's clickbait, DT, because I know you think outside of the box. Anybody like you thinks outside of the box. And I actually, I love who you have at number one. I just, I love who you have at number one. And I love how you guys at Rasball, and I got to get back to this just a little bit. You guys just don't take the fantasy sport or sports all that serious. And Rob, you know me. I take things a little bit serious. And and, and I've calmed down a lot, Rob, over the years. But I'm telling you, at first, whenever I started playing fantasy sports… I used to get so irate when a trade would go through and it wasn't mine. You know what I mean? Did you got that guy in leagues? I would I would just get so mad if I couldn't veto it or something. I would get mad. I, I was always thinking that people were up to no good.
1: Yeah, I, I don't I can't blame you. I was kinda like that too, you know, early on. I was you know, even though I do take it like seriously and, and try to do, do my best and things like that, I've definitely calmed down over the years. I used to get so, so upset if like someone was had different rankings than mine, or you know, challenged me on this or challenged me on that, and you know, the trades would wouldn't, wouldn't be going through, and I would say, oh, that's an unfair trade, this, this, and that. But yeah, that's that's uh, that was that was a long time ago. So, um, I I can definitely get where you're coming from, Wes.
0: Yeah, and one of the things that you guys have over there that I have frequented over the years, DT, is a trade analyzer. I did that for baseball. I think I think it's active for football as well. Not only that, but you guys have got content for all those major sports. They have everything over there at Ball. They have YouTube, podcasts, all that stuff, rankings. And I saw the other night the DFS lineup optimizer, DT. That was that was something special. Whenever I started plugging away at that, uh, I, I I always have trouble mashing the right buttons. But man, you guys had a lot of options there, stacking options, all those uh, all those things.
2: Yeah, the DFS tool is pretty cool. I mean, like I said, Rudy's got all kinds of cool tools. We we actually added uh, some new stuff this year on the football site I was telling you about before the show. We've got a, a compiled ADP tool that you can sort through uh, by position and by site. And we've got permission from like six of the biggest sites to uh, accumulate their ADP and put it together into composite. Uh, we've got data from... Uh, points per game from the last five seasons so yeah a lot of different stuff going on over there I mean I mean uh, we've got in-season subscriptions uh starting at like I think 19 dollars for the season or something like that too for Rudy's weekly projections but uh yeah I do want to say I I really appreciate the sentiment of um you know the lightheartedness for me uh, fantasy sports uh I I'm totally with you like I used to be so attached to the outcome and uh, like I'd have these like emotional swings based on my team and um, <laughs> boy did I have it wrong you know and it's it's <laughs> kind of a, a microcosm of life to me it, you know it's it, when you become so attached to the results of life you're not gonna have a good time <laughs> and so it's a uh, to a certain extent fantasy sports taught me a lot about myself and helped me to grow into a better person. And, you know, I I know a lot of people aren't looking at it that way, but really if you're able to get that out of a game, um, that's, that's when it's
0: at its best. Oh, I completely agree with you. My, I used to walk around here on Sundays, and my, my, my wife would say, oh, you're not having a good fantasy day, huh? And I, I that was the wrong question to ask, by the way. just you know, ask <laughs> the wrong question to ask me on a Sunday. Hey, it is a one-stop shop over there at Rasball, and this isn't a commercial for Rasball. They didn't ask – D.D. didn't ask me this, it, but it is an appreciation thing, and I don't think that I gave – uh, as much appreciation to it last time that you were on this program, DT. Uh, and I really did. You guys, you guys helped me get into fantasy and you always bring a smile to my face whenever I visit that site. So it's a one-shot, uh, shop for fantasy guys and, and the Fit Fam. I just encourage you to go over there and check it out and see all the new little bells and whistles that they have on over there. One event you guys put on each and every year is the Raz Bowl. DT. And and Rob, Rob, you did pretty well in the Razz Bowl last year. You were bragging about it a couple of episodes ago. (laughs) Uh, We're starting the draft here, I think on Monday on 8-8, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Are you looking forward to it, Rob? How how, do you got all your cheat sheets and everything ready to go?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll be diving in more. You know, I always like to do it and fine tune it over the weekend or things like that and uh, get it all set up, kind of more nailed down what I want to do and things like that. But yeah, I've, I've, I've loved participating in, in all the Raz Bowl, Raz Slam, Raz Jam, all of them. Um, and yeah, like you said, Raz Bowl coming up on 8 8 here. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's been fun. I did do pretty well last year. Like I said, I think I got like, I think I was looking actually a little bit ago, 16th. Uh, Overall, And then first in the side challenge. So hoping to uh, replicate some success. But we all know it, you know, different year. We'll see how it goes.
0: DT, the first time I was in the Razz Bowl was really the first year I had gotten. I had had become involved in that Twitterverse, you know, and and all the different things. And I was signing up for things left and right. People were throwing me invitations for this thing left and right. And uh, J.B. Berry said, you know, you got to get in the Razz Bowl. And I think I was in there with. Uh, oh, oh, just a bunch of different people. And you came on the program and I was asking you, you and uh, oh boy, uh, oh, what's his name? Oh, Rob, what's Jacob. what's Jacob Jacob. Dunn. Yeah, Jacob Dunn. He was with me and I heard you guys talking and I'm sitting there listening to you and you guys are talking about how valuable two quarterbacks are and, all, and I'm just listening. I'm sitting there thinking I'm going to live off the waiver wire, man. And I had never been in a best ball, a better ball tournament like this one or anything. And little did I know. There's not, like, really any waivers at all, <laughs> and, and it was such a deep draft, <laughs> and, and Rasbol taught, Ras taught me a lesson about those things, and I have never forgotten that. Uh, t- tell everybody a little bit about the Razzball and describe it again to me, DT, and this time I am going to write your words down, and they will be seasoning my draft with salt. So, yeah,
2: you know, I guess it goes back, what is this year? This is year four. It's Ras Bowl four. Uh So I guess it goes back five years um, when I I must have been the first season I played in the Scott Fishbowl and I looked at all the hype around Scott Fishbowl and I saw like myself how excited I was and like I was just on pins and needles seeing if I could get an invitation and again like very attached to, to getting into this thing and I was like man. We could do this, you know, <laughs> and we could do an attention grab and, and do it for for uh, Rasball and contribute something to the community and and provide, you know, another another outlet for content creation, um, having fun while doing it, and then make it something that fans can can win their way into or potentially win a spot via lottery. Uh, so. <sighs> I pitched this idea and, you know, the feedback I got is like, ah, well, we've all got so many leagues, you know, do we want to add another league? And I, yeah, we're all the same, right? It's like, I can just keep accumulating leagues. They're blast drafting them, but then in seasons just like, forget about them. So we came up with the idea to structure this in a way that it's super low maintenance and it's going to be tough for all the big names in the industry to blow us off because it's essentially best ball, but we added a wrinkle because the, you know, the downside to a best ball league, your traditional best ball that you draft your team, and you've got your team for the season. There's no pickups. So if you get a few injuries, you know you got these dead spots on your team, and they're just sitting there, and you totally forget about it. So we added just a little wrinkle of management to it. You get $10 of a free agent acquisition budget, and you can use those $10 any way you want. You can spend it on one player, or you can spend it on 10 $1 players. Um, so that's just like a little wrinkle of strategy to help cycle out those dead spots on our rosters. Again, it's a deep draft because we've got all these industry people and we want to, you know, test our, our knowledge. And, um, you know, you got to get pretty deep into the player pool to, to hit on some of those young players and, Mm -hmm. and dark, dark horse players. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the, the genesis of the Razz Bowl. And we got a, a lot of, um, Great people in the industry playing in it. I want to say it's 66% analysts from the industry, 33% uh, fans. And the way that it works, they're they're 12-team leagues, so you get placed in a league with uh, whatever it is. uh, Maybe it's 75% analysts, 25% fans. So maybe it's nine fans and or three fans and nine analysts, and you play in your league for the first. 10 weeks, I think it is now. It changed with the adding of the 17th uh, week to the season. Yeah, wrinkles all the time. Right. (laughs) So I think it's 10 weeks this regular season lasts, and the top half of the league advances onto kind of a wacky playoff format. So the first 10 weeks is straight best ball, except you can spend your $10 worth of free agent budget. And then the top half of the league advances. The top three advance into kind of a championship bracket. The next three advance into a consolation bracket but they can through the next few weeks they can win their way into the championship bracket and there's cut oh. lines um and then the bottom half of the league the bottom six half of each 12 team league just gets cut out <laughs> and they're done you don't have to worry about it so it's only like if you drafted a good team uh, then you worry about the playoffs and if you drafted a bad team well don't worry about it you can just pretend like it never happened and um it goes until a week 14 i want to say there's the final round and i think if we our cut line goes down to the final 10 teams for that championship week and then uh top team wins and there's a trophy and uh shirts for prizes from RotoWare, uh all that good stuff so i think i did a decent job explaining something that is pretty darn complicated until you
0: play (laughs) it once you play it it's not that it's not as crazy as it sounds right I, I have Rob here to help me throughout the season, so I, I, I'm not worried about it at all anymore. I still haven't, I don't know that I've figured out how to pick up somebody off of waivers on uh, NFC site yet. I, I don't know if I figured that out over the last couple of years. I'm trying, I'm trying, though. Trust me, I'm trying. Uh, but Rob can help me out with that this year. I did pick up one of those cool shirts, though, with the Tegmo Bowl uh, and, and the Raz Bowl on it. I've I got one of those. I, I asked my wife to give me one of those, so she did. <laughs> I bought two. Oh well, uh, yeah. Well, I should have because my daughter is going to claim that red shirt, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's. There's no doubt about that. I love what you said about trying to make it a little bit different. That's what Rob did too with the baby bowl. I don't know if you've ever heard of the baby bowl or not yet, DT. But uh, uh, Rob does a great job explaining what the baby bowl is. I do a terrible job at it, but it is, um, (laughs) you know, it's it's a new kind of league where you don't have to necessarily. Set a lineup every single week. You just—it's it, an easy setup for me uh, each and every week, just to plug it in there real quick. Because I—I do—I spend so much time on DFS stuff that it seems like the baby bowl just goes right along with DFS. Rob, tell—tell—tell tell, tell DT about that one.
1: Yeah, so it's—it's kind of you know my origin for it was you know this is gonna be the third year now, so it's kind of pretty similar. Just uh you know the the excitement around the uh, Scott Fishbowl. And i had already done this setup of the baby bowl for, for years for like a playoff just for buddies. And I would keep track of it on Excel spreadsheets and do all the manual calculation, everything myself. So um, I decided to take it to Twitter then and implement the charity aspect. So basically half the money goes to charity, half the money goes to prize pools. You get a, you know, a weekly high score gets a, gets a 1% of the prize pool. And then there's breakdowns depending on how many people we get. But ultimately, you know, it's, the other thing I thought of too was, you know, the same thing. We all have so many leagues. How am I going to make this appealing to where people, you know, aren't aren't going to want to turn it down because it's not very much weekly maintenance? Well, what it is is basically it's a one and done style uh, league where you set a new uh, lineup every week, sort of like D- DFS, but without the salaries. So you can pick any players you want. The twist is that once you've used a player once, you can't use them again for the rest of the season. So if you use McCaffrey in week one, you cannot use him the rest of the year. And so obviously as the year goes on, your your roster or your player pool thins out every single week. And so it's it does like like Wes said, you know, it does supplement kind of a DFS it is very DFS like. And the the easy part about the weekly maintenance is, you know, there's no waivers, no fab, no trading nothing like that um, so so it's definitely uh, definitely been been uh, really fun so far I think we're up to close to 120 uh, people in it this year so you know I'm trying to keep getting more and more going so we'll see what, how much we end up with
0: no leagues no divisions or anything I like it because it breaks up the monotony of the season. It's like, a it, it, it I don't know what it does. It comforts my mind, Rob. I don't know
1: why the baby bowl <laughs>
0: does that, but it comforts my mind. DT, we hope you can join us uh, in the baby bowl at some point this year, but we got to get into football guys and I, we got to get the wide receiver rankings. But before we do that, can we cover a little bit of NFL news and notes? I, I I love going over news and notes because it always makes sure that I remember things. I told you DT before the show, when you're 50 years old, you forget everything. Uh, You just forget everything, and I got to go back over these news and notes just to make sure I remember some stuff, and one of the first things that I wanted to talk about here tonight uh, was uh, whenever James Washington hurt himself, and he's now got a broken foot. He's going to be out six to ten weeks there in the Dallas Cowboys organization, and they said they don't need anybody to replace him because Tolbert's doing a really good job, D.T. Vegas. Vegas has the Cowboys. Slotted to win the NFC East. Do you think the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East? You think the Eagles are going to do it? You think the uh, old Redskins, whatever whatever their new team name is, you think the Commanders are going to be able to do that?
2: I think it's pretty up for grabs. I I, I guess if I had to place a bet, I'd probably go with the the Eagles at plus money because uh, it feels it feels like uh, it's it's wide open for anybody. But I mean, really, the the reason they don't need anybody. For James Washington is because they've got Ceedee Lamb, right?
0: Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> he is a stud, isn't he? I think he's going to do pretty well. Uh, almost to almost wide receiver rankings. Almost to the wide receiver rankings. Hey, Debo Samuel, who I was a little concerned about before the season started. You know, had the contract issues, wasn't real happy there in San Francisco, having to do all the work. Debo says. He's willing to do whatever it takes this year after signing that new contract extension. $71.5 million. That's a lot, Debo. That is a lot. Tim Patrick is out now. Pat suffered a torn ACL, Rob, in Tuesday's practice. Uh, what does that do to the to the team as far as fantasy goes, Rob? I, I know we got Judy up there. I know we got Sutton up there. But what about in those Tim Patrick ways? Is there anybody who you're looking at that maybe will benefit from Tim Patrick not being around?
1: So yeah, it's definitely a bummer. Um I really liked Tim Patrick uh and I liked, you know, him as a sleeper kind of for this year a little bit. Um but yeah, I think the person who gets like the most bump and would probably be KJ Hamler is assuming assuming his health is okay. Um mm-hmm. and then I also think it actually helps Judy a lot because there had been a lot of a lot of a lot of stuff I'd seen about how Judy was off the field more often than people would realize. And I think with Patrick out of the way, Judy will be more locked into a full-time role than he may may have been before in two wide receiver sets. So I think it does help help Judy a good amount, and you know probably Hamler and maybe even Alberto in terms of like getting more more looks heading their way.
0: Oh, Russ just doesn't like passing to the tight end though. I mean, Greg Olson, I guess a long time ago, maybe I, I don't know. Was it Greg Olson? Who is it? Was it Olson? No, it was uh, uh Jimmy was Graham. I for, Jimmy Graham. I was gonna say Jimmy the Packer Graham, guy and yeah. then the Saint guy. I, I got I got Greg Olsen on my mind. Elijah Moore is dominating in cap Seems to have established himself as the number one receiver there, DT. The Jets, Vegas only has them for five and a half victories. Would you take the over or the under on the five and a half victories this season?
2: Gosh, I mean it's not that hard to win six games in the NFL, uh, even for horrible teams. So I think I'll take the over. I, I don't don't feel great
0: about it, but uh, six six games, right? They can win six. You would think they could win six. You think they could stumble into six? I believe, Rob. If Joe Flacco was the quarterback, which rumors <laughs> are he's the number one quarterback there, maybe in New York, would they go over or under five and a half?
1: Oh, with Joe Flacco, they they got to go over. But, I, I but, totally agree. No, I, you know, what's funny is I had seen something the other day with with Joe Flacco. They were, t- they were, someone was uh, said something about how he has the best spiral in the league, and I, I, uh I thought of you, Wes. I thought of you.
0: I, I have a maybe I got a crush on Joe Flacco too. This is the Wes crush <laughs> show. This is not. Quit, Cephus, We'll be done. Uh, for a short period of time, but he's going to end up being okay. I just want to say this because I know everybody out there in the Fantasy Impact Today Network knows that I know a guy named Cephas out there at one of my gas stations at one of the country stores that I stopped at, and he had a slight injury last season as well, last year as well, a little heart trouble. He is doing fine now. I saw him the other day out there in Danville. He was eating a, 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 a bologna biscuit. So he, Cephas is doing well there on the bread route. Mitch Trubisky, Rob, I know you keep your eyes peeled to the Pittsburgh Steelers because you are a Cleveland Browns fan. Mitch Trubisky uh, really hasn't been that sharp in camp is what the reports are coming out of Pittsburgh. Seven games is their win total. Do you think Pittsburgh
1: is going to go over or under seven games? Man, it's tough because as a fan, I want to say, I want to say under, <laughs> and um, I do think they're the worst team in the division. I mean, but the problem is the whole Deshaun Watson situation uh, could cloud that. Cause if, if the Browns do go with Jacoby Brissett the whole year, I think they probably end up as the worst team in the division. Um And also the thing is Tomlin just always tends to get it done. I mean, he's just like always eight plus wins every year, pretty much. So reluctantly, I guess I would say over.
0: T- Tomlin will get it done one way or another, even if he has to step on the field to play at times to trip somebody. <laughs> all right, all right, crazy guy. Uh, DT, I got a question for you about Isaiah Spiller. With the, San Diego, with the Los Angeles Chargers, excuse me, Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, I heard Eckler was pumping up Kelly earlier this week and saying he was really kind of doing things there in the backfield for the Chargers as his backup, but reports are that Spiller's continuing to, to primarily play with the second and third. Who, who is the guy there that I need to take in the Razz Bowl late, late in drafts as far as a backup goes?
2: I mean, I'd be taking Spiller. I, we already kind of, I feel like Kelly had a shot. Um, and he was okay. He didn't He didn't do as much as I had hoped with it. so I'll take the shiny new
0: toy that uh, has unknown upside. What do you think about handcuffs? Like if you get Eckler, do you got to get one of those guys or would you rather play off that and try to get somebody else's handcuff just in case, you know, somebody that uh, your opponent, uh, his running back goes down and then you got his primary running back to support him?
2: Yeah, I've never been a huge handcuff guy. It definitely does depend on format and roster spots, but in something like the Razz Bowl where... Yeah, we've got such deep rosters and you're playing against what do we got? Two hundred and some other savvy teams. You're you're really kind of shooting for the moon. So in those cases I, I'm going for upside all the way. Uh, I'll, uh, you know, if, if Spiller's there in like the the last round and I've got Eckler, I've got no problem with grabbing him, but he'll probably end up getting cut from my team for the flavor of the week uh, with those, you know, $10 that I've got to spend in the first few weeks. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to go with the guy that I think has
0: the most upside. All right. That, that makes a lot of sense. Justice Hill is reportedly not showing any signs of an ACL. T- looking good, looking good in the Baltimore camp. But, Rob, you know me. I do not take any of those Baltimore running backs. I just don't trust it. I don't trust the field. I don't trust the pa- practice. I don't trust anything about Baltimore Ravens running backs. Am I completely wrong in doing that this season?
1: Um, I don't know. I go back and forth on the Ravens. I, I kind of like them less in full PPR formats just because Lamar, we've seen with like running quarterbacks like Lamar, they don't throw to the running back. As much, So um, I kind of always like generally more down on on Dobbins, for example, than than most people are um, in a full PPR format. So I don't have an issue with kind of fading it, especially, you know, all those guys are coming off injuries, basically. So, you know, um, it's it's tough to say. And they're probably all going to split. They're not not many of them. Dobbins might get a little bit more pass work than the others. So I don't have an, a, a problem uh, fading them.
0: Yeah, they're all going to split their ACLs again, Rob. Don't take any Baltimore Ravens running backs. That's my word of advice. DT, have you heard about David Montgomery? David Montgomery is taking reps on special teams. I know you're up there in the Chicago area, back in my own old, old hometown. Uh, is everybody just irate about this? What are they thinking about David Montgomery on special teams? And how does this affect Khalil Herbert, who is a wonderful sleeper running back in my leagues?
2: Right. Herbert is one of those guys that I am looking to to draft in those mid to late rounds of the Razz Bowl. I think that, that he he does have some really nice stuff, up- And, it, you know, the benefit, I guess, to first answer your question, I have no I have no idea what the heck uh, <laughs> this David Montgomery <laughs> special teams business is about. Uh, don't ask me. But uh, I do. I really do like Khalil Herbert. And the benefit to these best ball formats is a guy like Herbert, he's probably gonna have a few weeks that he goes off for, you know, a, a touchdown and a hundred yards maybe, or maybe he sneaks into the end zone twice. And in a normal league, you wouldn't have started him, but in a best ball league, he sneaks into your lineup because you don't have to you don't have to choose that lineup beforehand and guess who's gonna do well each week, right?
0: No, that that is good. And that's one of the things we like about Baby Bowl too especially when like a running back goes down or something like that you can stick the the backup running back in there and everybody it's just about everybody does I always get burned whenever I do it I don't know I, but it seems like everybody else is successful I just picked the wrong backup running backs probably is what it is Rob how do I say this name you know I'm not gonna get this name right Isaiah Pacheco is that right and uh, running back for Kansas City
1: I think that's right I think you nailed it
0: He's a hockey player. Uh, running back not named <laughs> Pacheco. That's a hockey player. Uh, but he's been lighting it up in Chiefs camp, uh, which sounds really good. And I, the other news that I love out of the Tennessee camp is that Robert Woods looks totally back to normal. Rob, we, we were talking about how Tennessee didn't have any, any wide receivers. You you don't have, uh, and neither do you, DT, you don't have Robert Woods anywhere, you guys, in, in this top 20. How does this affect, how does this news affect your ranking Rob? Any?
1: not too much i kind of expected him to be be kind of back he's like a you know he's i'm torn because i don't really i've always liked robert woods and i don't like the shift from the rams offense to the titans offense but at the same time he's also not behind cooper cup anymore so there is some plus to it um he is, like you said, coming off the major injury, but he—it sounds like he's—he's he's looking good. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, you know, they have Traylon Burks there, which I—I I still would prefer Traylon over Woods at this point. Um, so I mean, I guess it could change. Um, I don't mind taking either one though at, at their ADP. I think they're they're both uh, late enough that it makes sense.
0: Okay, DT, I got one last question for you here. Javante yes, Williams, sir. Melvin Gordon. In Denver, how's that split going to go? Because Javante Williams is taking all the work. Uh, it looks like the first six, seven days in camp, he's working with the first team and stuff. How, how do you think that this split's going to go?
1: Mm,
2: I, I love Javante Williams. I'm a huge Javante Williams fan. I've got him ranked uh, very high. I think I've got him at like number seven. So, you know, I think I think Melvin Gordon's going to be a pest to us, Javante Williams uh, truthers. I guess you could call me. Uh, but I, I do think it ends up being, you know, 60-40 Javante, maybe even 65-35, which could be totally wrong. You know, uh, teams uh, have a tendency to, to lean more on the, the veterans than I would like. But I, I just think what we saw from Javante last year was pretty special. And I, I think it's undeniable at this stage in Melvin Gordon's career when you see the two next to each other. It's like the ball has just got to go to Javante when when it matters. So that's the way that I see it playing out. Not a hundred percent confident in it, but I'm confident enough to uh spend a back back end first round pick on Javante or early round early second round pick.
0: Ooh, you are liking that. Hey that is my friend, DT. That's what I call him over there, DT. I call him my friend. At DonkeyTeeth87 over on Twitter, make sure you check him out. And don't forget to check out all the Razzball articles that he has up there. Uh, he, he he has some running back rankings that are up there. He has some wide receiver articles, and you will really love it. If you love lighthearted fantasy football stuff, Donkey Teeth is your guy right there. So make sure you head over to Razzball and check out all those things. And I have with me the daddy of the Baby Bowl, Rob Norton, at Norton0723 over on Twitter. Uh, does a wonderful job. Uh, Rob, you've you've helped me out so much learning all about this fantasy football stuff and and finding out how to draft well, hopefully, mediocre. I'm shooting for mediocre in in tournaments like the Raz Bowl, so I really appreciate you doing that as well. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore and myself at Loafin It over on Twitter. Guys, I brought you both on here because we've been spending some time here, uh, DT, talking about Rob Norton's uh, kind of thoughts and my thoughts about all the different – ADPs on wide receivers, and I got to see both of your wide receiver rankings. And and I compared them with the NFC rankings from, uh, was that July 1st all the way through today or through yesterday anyway, and the differences that there are in them. And I've highlighted those things. I've sent them over to you, and now we're going to talk about them a little bit. And the first one we have to talk about that's highlighted, I'm going to kind of go in order here, guys, the best I can, all right? But DT, this is the thing I wanted to know, whether or not this was clickbait or not, or how serious and how passionate you are about your number one ranked receiver. If I hope I'm saying that right, you have Jamar Chase as number one. DT, I love it because I, I, I think I know why you're going to say what you're going to say about him. But but tell me why you put him number one above Cooper Cup, above Justin, Justin Jefferson.
2: I mean, yeah, very serious. It's... it's not intentional clickbait. It may turn <laughs> into to, to clickbait just uh, by the nature, but uh, it's all about upside for me. I, I'm an upside drafter. It's it's always been about upside. You know, my co-host on the Rasball Fantasy Football uh, podcast YouTube show as well, uh, Bobby Lamarco, kind of grilled me on this as well. It is tough ranking Jamar Chase above Cooper Cup after the season that Cooper Cup. Put together last year. I mean, there's no reason to think that Cooper Cup can't do it again. But Jamar Chase, that rookie season that that he that he just put up was really special, and the chemistry that he and Joe Burrow have uh, from college into the first year of his NFL season up in, into the Super Bowl. I, I mean, it just continues to to develop, and there's no reason to think that Joe Burrow can't continue to improve. So. You know, it, it feels uh, a little bit, I don't know, I don't know what the, the right word is. Like, I, I, I'm fine with ranking Cooper Cup number one, to be honest. I think mm-hmm. that Rob's ranking of Justin Jefferson at number one is just as hot of a take as my Jamar Chase ranking.
0: I've heard his before. I'm not that <laughs> impressed, you know. <laughs> no, I, and I know he likes, I, I love yours, I think back to the year before, his rookie season to Chase's, and he took off that entire year. You know, that was the COVID year and all that stuff. So he didn't play and so he comes kind of off the field off the streets and he's and he's playing last year for Cincinnati game speed has got to be such a huge thing whenever you're talking about NFL players going from a collegiate level to the NFL level let alone somebody who's just been playing Madden you know i mean that that had to be such a huge and the acclimation process for him to get back into game shape to get back into field shape NFL conditioning and and then you're talking about Joe Burrow as well having the injury concerns that he had going into last season those things are kind of all of them are just just by the wayside now and now they can build up you, you look at his targets you look at his receptions it, they have such room for growth i i you remember me a couple of weeks ago i said man he he has the biggest shot at becoming the number one receiver to me and you <laughs> talked me out of it because you said justin jefferson did tell dt why you got justin jefferson number one
1: For me, it's more of basically it's it's almost essentially Jefferson's done it twice and and Chase has done it once. Um, I love both. I mean, I have them basically all three of those guys in the like true elite tier. So really, for me, it's it's not necessarily like I do my a lot of my rankings more by tiers in general. So I kind of I, I can't put up too much of a fight, I guess, when I'm ranking you know, any, any of those three guys, it's kind of just preference. But for me, um, just like so many underlying metrics with, with Jefferson are just so good um, for both, both years so far of his career. And, and uh, Chase obviously did outdo him for, for the rookie year. And Chase, I do believe has, you know, the bigger connection with, with Burrow. Um, I just kind of think that also the thing is, I think that, the offense that, you know, Kevin O'Connell is bringing over to the Vikings should be more pass heavy. Um, It's not that they don't feature Jefferson already, obviously he's, he's been a stud both years. So, um, but I do think that it could be even more pass heavy. I think Kirk cousins is kind of underrated in terms of, you know, what he does. And I do think the one thing that I worry about with chase is, you know, the big plays that that's where obviously he comes with that upside um the it's just so hard to replicate replicate those plays but he could just be a guy that does it year in and year out so many times every single year um it's just a volume thing i think t higgins can steal a lot more targets and volume than thielen does so that's kind of like the things that separate but like i said Honestly, I don't. I don't have a problem with anyone ranking any of those three in any order. To be honest,
0: uh, DT, did I make an error, or do you not even have T Higgins in your top twenty wide receivers? No, you know, I think
2: I don't want to say I made an error, but I think he is moving into my my top twenty. We uh, we just recorded a show actually earlier today. It's been a big football show for me today, um, going over wide receivers sixteen through twenty in my rankings and. <laughs> You know, some actually, I posted it a couple days ago, and one of the commenters pointed out T. Higgins not being in there. And I looked a little closer, and you know, I, I admitted to that commenter over on Rasball that you know maybe I am overlooking T. Higgins just because of my love for Jamar Chase. He probably does deserve a spot in the top twenty. Over, uh, you know, at the back end of mine, I've got a hot take on Chris Godwin at twenty it's pretty risky to, to draft Godwin over a guy like T Higgins so I think I think I gotta bump him ab- above Godwin and even at 19 I think uh I had DJ Moore so I, I think I'm moving T Higgins up to 19 in my rankings which is still below where you guys have them um I, I just don't know that I don't know that uh, that two wide receiver ones are coming out of this offense as much as I like the Bengals offense I think that I think it's Jamar Chase and then a big drop off to to T Higgins.
0: Now that that has always been my concern when I look at the NFC ADP's and stuff like that I'm going, "Really? I, we're all drafting maybe we all just want a piece of that pie a little bit and that's why we're getting T Higgins and Chase." Uh but at the same time I don't know that that offense can sustain two top 10 wide receivers. And Rob, I know you got T Higgins at number 9 this season and I d I, I don't know I, I just I, I I can understand why. Because T Higgins actually could have been the number one receiver last year in a lot of eyes in that Cincinnati Bengals offense. And I know you like T. Higgins a lot.
1: Yeah, so that was the thing is so I think when they were both on the field, they had almost a very similar target share. Now Chase is the guy that kind of creates more with what he what he gets, but I mean T Higgins was close to a 25% target target share as is. And he had like a 26% red zone target share. And then, you know, I'm, I'm pulling some numbers over here from, from player profiler, but um, his expected fantasy points per game were seventh best wide receiver in the league last year at 18.2. Um, and his, his actual fantasy points per game were 15.7, which was number wide receiver 12. And so, I mean, he was banged up a little bit as is too, and still put up, 74 for over a thousand, almost 1,100 yards, and uh, six touchdowns. And his, I loved his efficiency too. Like he had his yards per out run was 10th in the league. So, um, you know, I just, I do love. I, the offense went more pass heavy um, as the as the season went on, and I think they probably carried over a little bit. Uh, now I don't know if if both will be top 10 at the way I have them ranked right now. That does worry me a little bit, but I do think both can basically get twenty-five plus percent target shares and be pretty concentrated in a pass-heavy offense. So I, I like, you know, both of their chances to to put up big numbers.
0: I guess it's possible without C.J. Uzama being there and uh, <laughs> Hayden Hurt. You know, it's just I think that it's possible for the for the shares to get a little bit more concentrated on those two guys, and Tyler Boyd may be taking a backseat to all of them. Now, look, here here's one that I wasn't quite sure about. Uh, DT at all. Debo Samuel, you had him up there at number five. I want to know when you made these rankings because before the news and his his signing and before his uh, ability to be able to say, hey, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. He was saying that I didn't want to do those things. I didn't like the San Francisco system anymore, and I'm not going to do that. It makes perfect sense for me to put him at number five as well, or at least up there towards that neighborhood. When did you make these rankings, DT? And if you made them earlier than this week, why did you put Debo at number five?
2: Yeah, I want to say maybe 10 days ago I released that top 10. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, my thesis on Debo was always, like, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. You can't put the toothpaste back in uh, in the container. You know, we've seen it. Like, we, we've seen his versatility. Anywhere that he lands, they're going to want that out of him. I mean, why wouldn't he give that either? It only increases his value, right? So... I don't know. I just don't don't buy that. He's not going to be used in in that kind of versatile manner wherever he landed. Um, Unfortunately, I think for his fantasy stock, he is in San Francisco still now. So that was that was just the way that I was looking at it.
0: It, it, All those RBs take a hit too. Now that Debo is willing to do that grinding work again, you know, inside the 20 and everything, I think, don't you?
2: Yeah, and it's you know I wanted to say this when you brought it up before. It's funny how uh, seventy million dollars can change a, a guy's <laughs> attitude, huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Now, Rob, you have him at thirteen. It, did that change because of the news? Are you going to move him up a little bit more? Were you just uh, kind of worried about his disgruntledness there in San Francisco?
1: He's he's one of the, the hardest players for me to rank, to be honest. Um, he was such a stud last year. Um, but I just, my, my, my difficulty with him is almost like, I don't know whether to project him more of what he was early on with more targets or, or more carries. And, you know, so I just, it's, it's so hard for me to, cause his targets dropped off a lot once he started getting more carries. Um, so it's kind of like, I, I'm, I think just the, basically the unknown scares me a little bit with him, um. That being said, I do have him like in a tier of basically wide receiver seven to wide receiver thirteen, and I do have him at thirteen. Um, so I can move him up a little bit um, and not have an issue. It's just hard because I feel like there's so many good wide receivers. It's it's hard to differentiate them. And and uh, you know, like the guys I have right ahead of him, like AJ Brown, DJ Moore, um, Keenan Allen, T. Higgins, Tyreek, Mike Evans. Those are the guys I have in the same tier. And like I just really like all those guys so um it's hard for me to really move them up too much
0: nfc adp has keenan allen and number 10 and and i love in best ball drafts and i've said it once or twice here on the fantasy impact today network getting cleo herbert or getting cleo herbert i got bears on my mind getting herbert uh justin herbert and then going ahead and getting keenan allen if i can And if not, then I'm willing to wait around for Mike Williams, but I got to make sure I get one of those two to kind of do a stacking option in some best ball tournaments. But but DT, your rankings kind of make it look like I'm crazy for taking Keenan Allen as early as number 10 or in that second round for me, because you have him ranked as the 18th wide receiver, and then you got Mike Williams as ninth. Uh, What do you see different there than I am?
2: Well, I mean, certainly not crazy, right? Uh, nobody knows what the heck's going to happen. And oh, that, I'm, crazy. Uh, <laughs> I'm crazy. I'm
0: crazy. Don't worry. That's huh? kind of. That's
2: one of the um, focal points of all of my rankings. Is nobody knows anything. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm huge on Mike Williams. I am, and I guess it should be said here that these are half PPR rankings. So in full PPR. Uh, you know Keenan Allen gets uh, a little boost up and Mike Williams gets a little boost uh, a little bump down in the opposite direction but um, again talked about this on our show today Keenan Allen to me he is he's a great wide receiver too we really know exactly what we're going to get out of him Um, that's being priced into his draft stock in my opinion is that the safety of Keenan Allen like you can you can rely on those 100 receptions and a thousand receiving yards maybe 1100 1, receiving yards might be the number and six touchdowns so if you can lock that in there is a lot of value in that but again going back to the the way that I play fantasy football I I am drafting for upside so if I'm spending that high of a pick you know I'm going for the guy that I think can return top five wide receiver value and I just don't I don't see that from Keenan Allen outside of Mike Williams missing uh, like almost the entire season. I think that that's that's Keenan Allen's route to being a, a top five fantasy wide receiver. But with Mike Williams there, we know we know the chemistry that he's got with Justin Herbert. We know he's a huge end zone target. Um, yeah, I think Keenan Allen's a very solid wide receiver too. It's just not that upside pick that I'm going after.
0: Okay, I can understand that, and I don't mind the differentiating yourself from other people either. You know, best ball rooms or anything like that. I I love that kind of train of thought as well. I don't need to listen to that because every single pick will be differentiated than in my world, and I won't have any consistent picks whatsoever, which isn't, you know, a bad thing all the time. Hey, let's do it like this. Rob, you tell me, you try to justify to me why, in 30 seconds or less, why DJ Moore Needs to, or maybe a minute or less. Why, DJ Moore? You have him at number eleven, which I want to say you want to shoot him up there even higher than number eleven at this point. And and then uh, DT, you counteract that by telling me why you have him ranked as nineteenth. Go ahead, Rob.
1: So yeah, DJ Moore has been a guy I've loved since the beginning. Um, he's a he's if you I think it was Heath Cummings put out, put out some some good info on on him uh, recently talking about how he's one of like four or five players to put up the amount of like yards and catches he has since he's entered the league. Um, his age adjusted numbers are are crazy. I know the big downfall with him is the touchdown scoring because he's been like four touchdowns every year um, for the last three years in a row. But I mean, I think Darnold threw nine touchdowns or something like that last year. It, I mean, it was it was it was bad. So I'm, I've never been a, you know, even though I'm a Browns fan, I've never been a huge Baker guy. But at the same time, Baker's been about average, a little bit above average in terms of like EPA per play as well as, um, as, well as touchdown percentage. So I think from what I had seen that DJ Moore was scoring like 25% of his team's touchdowns, even if you do the math on it and, and that touchdown rate for the team bumps up total you look at 6 to 7 i mean this has been a guy that's been 1100 plus yards for 3 straight years he, he reminds me his career path very much like stephon diggs where early in the early earlier on he had a year where he had a lot of catches and it was a lower yards per, per reception. Then he had a year where it was the the catches drop and he was doing a uh, you know a deeper A dot kind of role, and he succeeded there as well. And then now he last year he was a target hog again. So he's shown he can succeed basically at every aspect of the field. I think he's just a truly like elite wide receiver, and that the bump from Baker to DJ or from Donald to Baker is going to be a lot more than people realize. And that's your
0: minute. That's your minute. That's your minute. That's your minute. All right. All right. Uh, sure. DT, your turn next. Uh, tell me why you have him rank so low. You have about a minute.
2: Uh, yeah, so I guess I don't look at it as, quote, so low. A lot of these rankings, it's like, ah, I had DJ Moore probably three or four spots higher. And as I'm looking at things and moving players around, this is where he ends up. Um, I tried to spin the narrative in my mind. Like, so DJ Moore has never caught more than four touchdowns in his career, which is kind of shocking for the volume that he's had. Granted, he hasn't had a great quarterback, but... Um, I try to spin the narrative in my mind as I was putting these rankings out. Well, okay, things are going to change with Baker Mayfield, yada, 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 everything Rob just said. I hope it's true. I really do like DJ Moore. I think he's got huge upside. But then I you know, I go, look, I'm like, well, what has Jarvis Landry done? Because DJ Moore and Jarvis Landry, they're not that far apart. I do think that DJ Moore is uh, a little bit more talented. He's younger. Um, but Jarvis Landry, he just, like, two touchdowns last year. Uh, he only played 12 games, but three touchdowns the year before that in 15 games four touchdowns in 2018 with Baker Mayfield in 16 games. You know, he had 1,100 yards and six touchdowns in, in 2019. So I, I feel like that's kind of the expected outcome for DJ Moore, which ends up being pretty much Keenan Allen. So, again, I, I feel like the upside could be there, but I'm not betting on it.
0: Right under a minute. You did that, DJ. Oh, good job, good job. Uh, I am siding. I I got to side with Rob. I got to side with Rob. I think there are bigger things there uh, for DJ Moore in Carolina with Baker as the quarterback, I, I I'm going. But to I did it points. in under a minute. But you may get it, so. you got bonus <laughs> points. You got bonus points. Hey, th- th- there's two more that I want to cover uh, just kind of quickly here, and let's do the same thing, but let's flip it up. DK Metcalf, DT, you have him ranked number seven. Tell me why in a minute or less.
2: Gosh, I've always been a DK Metcalf sucker, and I didn't realize how high I had him above consensus <laughs> until. Um, you know, I had, I had it all laid out there and then I went and looked at ADPs and it's like, wow, I am crazy apparently. But, um, I think DK Metcalf can do it with anybody. Uh, I, I just, um, I guess I should start by saying I actually like Geno Smith. Uh, I liked what we saw from Geno Smith last year. I think he's a, a different quarterback than he was back in the Jets days which um, you know people probably think that sounds crazy but uh, I watched those games pretty close he, he really did impress me last year obviously he's impressed Pete Carroll uh, I think that was a big part of the reason they were willing to uh, let go of Russell Wilson so I I, I think that DK Mac- I mean he's a, he's a really special player we know how athletically gifted He is. And I think uh, no matter who's throwing it to him, he can be a high end wide receiver, too. And that upside of the best receiver in the league is still there.
0: It must be something in the water that we drink in Chicago, Rob, because, uh, you know, I like, Geno Smith as well. So, yes, DT, you are crazy if you're thinking along the same lines as me. Rob, tell me why in a minute or less you have DK all the way down at 28 instead of way up there in the top 10.
1: Yeah, admittedly, I've been I've been lower on DK over the years. Um, more of it just comes down to I I generally kind of lean more towards the guys that have higher targets, higher higher um, higher amount of targets, higher amount of catches. Um, so that's part of it, and I think the fact that going from Rust to Gino uh, does hurt him a bit. I do probably have him a little bit too low. I, I I'll admit that on that. Uh, it's just. I, when I see him, like he was like 14th or somewhere in that range, 14th, 16th in 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 points last year, and then we're dropping from Russ to to Geno, and he did ha- he did have a good sample of with Geno, so that's what's making me rethink a little bit, moving him up a little bit. And like DT mentioned, that he is a monster. I mean, the guy is just a physical specimen, so he he does have that upside of being the best guy in in the league. So it does scare me a little bit having him low. I'll admit. Um, but it just that that offense scares me
0: all right here's the last question for you both of you all right and and try to keep your answers short so we can keep this one under an hour chris godwin is news reported you know he's gonna be out there he's healthy he's doing some things he's he may be out there beginning of the season we didn't expect him to be out there nearly this soon even I, i don't know everything that he's doing there and Uh, in Tampa Bay. But man, it's just turning into a a lot of hands there now. Gronk retired. And I was like, okay, well, let's really open it up. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin's down. Okay. Russell Gage. Okay. And now all of a sudden it's Russell Gage, Julio, it's Mike Evans, it's Chris Godwin, uh, Leonard Fournette. What is going on in Tampa Bay, DT? Are they poised for another trip to the Super Bowl? Who's coming out of there from a wide receiver room is the fantasy player to have, or it doesn't matter? You just want a piece of this pie somehow, some way because Tom Brady's throwing him the football.
1: Uh,
2: I would say it's a pretty good bet that they're going to be in the conversation come year end. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the Super Bowl. That's that's for sure. When you get Brady together with that uh, type of coaching staff and all the weapons he's got, but yeah. <sighs> You know, like I said, I've got Godwin uh, quite a bit higher than consensus. I want to say that he was like 29 off the board and I had him at 20, which I'll probably move him down a spot or two, as we talked about with T Higgins, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of risk. I, I would say drafting uh, Godwin anywhere near where I've got him ranked is uh, probably a, a silly. Yeah. You can get him lower. Um, it, it, the, the safe play might just be crossing off your board. All these fake doctors <laughs> out there on Twitter are uh, saying that that uh, they're rushing him along and this is not going to end well. We'll see. I, I mean, I again, like DK Metcalf, I've always been a big Godwin fan, so there might be a little bit of bias in this ranking. I, I've always liked him more than Mike Evans. Mike Evans is um, a little bit boomer bust. You know, there's those frustrating – he'll have the monster weeks and those frustrating weeks, which is great for best ball format, but in your standard home league – you know, it uh, it can be it can be tough when you get one of those goose eggs or, you know, one catch for three yards from Mike Evans. So I think I, I might just avoid this this offense. I I, I think Fournette's at a, a decent, uh, decent price right now. I guess I'm probably up for my prime minute.
0: Oh, you know, you did fine. You did fine. Yeah, no, Fournette is at a decent price. And, Rob, you got anything to add to what DT said there?
1: Yeah, so Godwin is the guy. I have him super low. He's pretty much... I mean, basically, almost off my board, essentially. Just the thing about him is like the thing that's, I hate it too because I, Godwin, I've been the same way. I've always had Godwin above Mike Evans. And the only reason I have Edwin's or Evans so high this year is because I have Godwin so low. And it's just the fact that he, I don't think he even had surgery from, for that ACL until January. So, you know, a nine month post rehab, um, would be October 3rd. And I don't think they're gonna r- try to rush him to be into the game before nine months because before nine months you can have a you know a really really high risk of re-injury and there's no reason for them to have him rush back to play the first couple weeks of the season when they are have eyes on a Super Bowl run. So to me, I don't think I, that we really even see him play much if at all until October sometime. I'm also the type of person that. I really avoid currently injured players, especially guys that are coming off of like major injuries. Um, he won't even be full year removed until after the year's over. So it's kind of a thing where it's just like, I don't think he's going to be his full self, even like when he, after he comes back. Um, so it's kind of just, there's just a, a ton of risk with him. Um, and I'm, I'm rooting for him cause I love the guy. I have him in a bunch of dynasty leagues too. So I hope, I hope he, he, uh, comes back, but most mostly what I'm doing is I'm kind of fading them in redraft, um, fading them any, any Dynasty startups currently, um, and buying back in next year.
0: That was the daddy of the Baby Bowl, Rob Norton. At Norton0723 over on Twitter, he is releasing wide receiver rankings each and every day all of his different tiers that he was talking about there he's releasing those cool little graphics with the nice little pretty pictures and all the nice wonderful colors that he knows i like he's releasing those every day as at norton0723 over there on twitter you can also look at the pen tweet that he has up there about the baby bowl and please go ahead and join the baby bowl we always do love having the numbers grow because it is your baby bowl as much as it is our baby bowl and one of the things i love is how you guys have spread. The the word out there into the twitter community and just continue to help it grow thank you so much for participating in the baby bowl and dt we want to officially invite you to the baby bowl as well we hope that you can join into that and and we just really appreciate you being a guest here before the Ras Ball tournament kicks off
2: yeah thanks for having me on guys it's a blast I always love talking to you west and uh anytime I'm, I'm down to come back on anytime.
0: Hey Fit Fam, make sure you go over there and check out Razzball. They got everything that you need over there, one-stop shop for all your fantasy needs. Hey, I, and I really like that optimizer. Don't forget to follow Donkey Teeth as well over on Twitter at Donkey Teeth eighty seven. You can follow me as well at Loafin it over on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show at FI today with a little underscore. Make sure you leave a review. Make sure you write a comment on whatever listening platform you like to listen to the show on. But more importantly than all that, Fit Fam, as always, we want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today.